The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? engagement? How long before yeah. a wedding should I send How out many save games the dates? Are in the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the best. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Tyson Stockton. My name is Tyson Stockton from previsible.io. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing keyword verticalization. Joining me today is Steve Toth, an independent SEO consultant who mainly works with B2B SaaS companies offering bespoke SEO services with high attention to detail and personalized service. In this episode, as I mentioned, we're going to be diving into keyword verticalization and how you can apply that into your practice. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. And with that, here's my conversation with Steve Toth, independent SEO consultant. Steve, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me again. All right. So yesterday we were talking about getting data out of Search Console in particular, but more of the value add of APIs and how you can use that to really identify opportunities at scale versus one-off. Now today we're kind of shifting gears a little like into the verticalization into verticalizing keywords, how would you just overall kind of paint the picture to the listeners as far as like, what is the value add or why would you want to be doing this? Sure. This is really one of my favorite strategies. And if I can find a client where this is a fit, I'm usually all over it. So the most sort of well-known example from my own practice has got to be probably FreshBooks. 
So FreshBooks is a, an accounting software company that I worked at, and I later became a consultant for FreshBooks. And um, we ranked really well for the keyword invoice template for the two years that I was there. And um, as you can imagine, like invoice templates, a pretty popular keyword, 300,000 searches per month. But uh, with that, there's also you know many different ways that people search for that keyword. And they tend to describe either themselves as a business when they search for it, or they search for, or they, yeah, search for specific file types or different characteristics of an invoice. So when they want to sort of describe themselves, they're searching for things like invoice templates for graphic designers, for contractors, for freelance writers, because they're actually looking for an invoice template that's, you know, designed just for them. And um, you can often find these types of keywords by putting in your main keyword, the, then the word F-O-R into Google, and then looking at what suggests, uh, what the auto-suggest sort of indicates, right? So it's probably going to show you things like, um, it's been a while since I looked at it, but things like graphic designer, freelance writer, etc. And then there's also ways that people describe invoice templates with respect to the file type. So they'll search for invoice template Word, PDF, Google Sheets, Google Docs, etc. And then they might also do things like generic invoice template or blank invoice template, printable invoice template, stuff like that. So there's all these different ways that people search for a keyword. And that when I talk about verticalizing, I talk about, I mean, what I mean to say is creating pages to target the different intents around people who search for that. Um, I've also done this with contract templates. So contract templates for wedding photographers, contract templates for SEO specialists, actually. I've done it for indoor maps, indoor maps for malls, indoor maps for hospitals, airports, etc. This is a really effective strategy, a great way to gain topical relevance around a particular topic or keyword. And it's my preferred strategy to do for clients. So it's actually what I look for when I evaluate projects. Great. So with that, basically, we're identifying a key topic to a business and then looking for kind of subsets within that where people could be looking for more granular type keywords. And I think with that, Obviously, it brings up a great opportunity to be more specific, have maybe a little less competition on the term and collect additional, let's say, like modified queries from that. You went through one example of like identifying with auto suggest on it. With this, I feel like a lot of times people might wrestle with a little bit of the How far down the rabbit hole do I go? And when you're looking to identify what those subset topics are within your parent topic, what's kind of where do you draw the line or how do you know that you've identified all the relevant options available? That's a great question. At FreshBooks, we really tried to get leave no stone unturned. So we used our Google Search Console data. So if we looked at our main invoice template page, we looked at what was ranking in position 80. Maybe it was graph invoice template for artists or something like that. So we would be able to source topics from that. Uh, We obviously look at search volume, but search volume is not always the best indicator, as we well know. If a page is getting impressions, I'd much rather trust the impressions over the search volume. 
We also looked at things like how do people identify themselves when they sign up for our product? So there's an onboarding questionnaire when customers sign up for FreshBooks and they tell us that I'm a contractor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a whatever. And we looked at our own data and we ruled out any inputs that were only one-off so that weren't repeated because people were like, oh, I'm, I'm Fred Flintstone or like just trying to like say like silly stuff. But any answers that had two or more, we looked at that data and incorporated them. So I think you're really limited by only by your bandwidth to produce the pages. But at FreshBooks, we had enough bandwidth and we had internal people reallocated to help on our projects. So we were able to launch 120 of those pages. But you know, in the grand scheme of things, probably 80% of the traffic was from less than 10 pages. And after you went through that initial build, did you kind of revisit to potentially further expand or to trim back maybe some ones that weren't generating traffic or weren't perform or didn't have the demand opportunity to perform? Like, is it something that's more of a you can set it up once or is it one of those initiatives that you'd recommend people kind of revisiting and further refining? Yeah, we refined our main page quite a lot. Like that was something that we looked at monthly in terms of re-optimization. And then we prioritized pages, which were getting the most conversions in terms of the pages that we uh, integrated search console data and did you know, various on-page optimizations around. So we didn't um, actually trim any of the pages that were getting low traffic or low volume. Uh, to be honest, we just kept them up. Is it something that we could have done? Possibly, but we were also, we shipped 800 pages in 2019. So we were busy doing other things. Absolutely. And I think one of your recommendations in this is using data for that identification. So it's not the blind recommendation of just doing this indefinitely or ungrounded to a point that could be, could risk like over-indexation but you're using data sources to identify the opportunities. And so it sounds like you're kind of creating already some some boundaries of this. And the only reason why I'm bringing that up is because I think it is a, a really key point for individuals to not create a million pages on just every variation thinking like... Yeah, index. You almost <laughs> you're not going to get a million pages indexed. Exactly, yeah. So... We're needing to ground it with some sort of evidence that we're identifying for what those subsets are. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. 
Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Another piece, too, that I think would be helpful for the listeners is once these experiences are created, what's the integration best practice to the other websites? Like, are the subset pages connected to each other? Are you using breadcrumbs for it? Like how should the pages be folded or integrated into a website? Yeah, also a great question. So internal linking is obviously going to be extremely important. And the way that we did it at FreshBooks was to really use our minds when we um, decided what pages should be linked together. So on our main page, we had all the high traffic verticalized like profession pages we linked out to the contractor, the freelance writer, the graphic designer, the photographer page, et cetera. And, you know, just mentioning that there's, you know, specific invoice templates for these verticals. And we actually did customize the invoice template for each vertical. The artist had a little paintbrush, the photographer had a camera. So we actually did care about all of this. So that helped in people coming back to the site to re-download these things. But, and then we also linked to our file types on the main invoice templates page. And then when it came to something like contractor, we like a contractor that does houses or buildings and stuff, we linked to what we thought were relevant trades. So plumber was linked, roofer was linked, electrician invoice template was linked. So we actually just really thought about if a person's on a contractor page, are they a roofer? Are they an electrician? and gave those users a place to you know f- further find exactly what they were looking for so we really did use our own like our our critical thinking in terms of you know how everything was linked together which again i think excellent takeaway for the listeners there is even through this generation you're still having a user first mindset on it you're thinking of what's relevant to the or what's going to be useful to reduce maybe bounce rate, further engagement on these pages. And I think kind of leads us into the the next question that I was going to pose too, of how much of these pages are kind of duplicate, because obviously there's unique elements to them. But I assume too, there is some level of consistency between the pages. Is there any advice that you'd have to kind of just help guide people into knowing how much customization they should be putting into subset topics? Well, there's a really fascinating blog that came out in the summer of 2022 uh, by a site called Niche Twins or Niche Twins, I guess, however you say it, and <laughs> depending on where you're from. But this article was about something they called brand swapping. And maybe we could l- link that article in the show notes. What they did was they had articles on their niche was dirt bikes. And it was about like why certain dirt bikes won't start. So like why a Yamaha, a Husqvarna, a Kawasaki doesn't start. And they only changed the brands when they talked about why these dirt bikes didn't start. 
And about 10 to 15% of the content was actually unique per page just to customize it a little bit to, to each brand. But overall, all of the articles were basically using the same skeleton and like really, you know, 85% of the same text. So Google just wants to surface the most relevant answer. And it doesn't, like in my view at least, it doesn't care if there's another page on your site that is using some of the same content. As long as your article in, you know, that's targeted for your keyword is more relevant than the other articles that exist on the web, it's going to rank you. And the, the Niche Twins article that talked about brand swapping really did prove this. And it is something that I've seen. Now, if you have the bandwidth to make things more customized, a better user experience, then by all means, go ahead and do that. And at FreshBooks, we did. We didn't use like a template, templated find and replace type of um, methodology. We definitely created shorter pages for the verticals that were less important. We did create unique content. But my point with the brand swapping idea is that it doesn't actually have to be the case. Google doesn't, in my view, Google doesn't have a duplicate content penalty for content that's on your own page. It's simply just looking at your page in relation to the other content that exists. And I think there's some some similarities too in that realm if you look at e-commerce like product pages where you could have variations of product that are going to have some overlap on it. Sure, you're going to have unique elements to it, but you're always going to have some consistencies. And I think it's always the recommendation or best practice to be differentiating it as much as possible based on like the user needs for each of those. But it's not to be something that's binary of like some reused content is always going to be bad. It's more of like, what is the balance between it and how are you addressing kind of like the user needs within the content versus just a binary scale? Yeah, when it comes to your own site and even copying content from another website, Google, I don't think cares, but the only, the real, like you shouldn't do that obviously, because when Google's, the only way that Google does care that I've seen personally is if you report it via DMCA takedown request, they'll take it down the next day. So it is really still like, it's just not smart to copy somebody else's content, but Google's not going ahead and actively policing this is too much work for them. If you report it and you clearly document that my article was here before this and this is a duplicate of my page, they will take it down. I've done multiple of those over the years and they will take it down. I actually had one taken down when somebody copied FreshBooks and it was actually a site that's now owned by Fiverr. It was called Andco and they ripped off over 100 invoice templates pages. So we just filed the DMCA takedown and got all their pages de-indexed the next day. That can happen, but like especially when it comes to your own site, you're obviously not going to report your own site, so you're in no real danger there. If you're struggling with like getting the content live, get it up, you know, swap out the different brand names and start to edit it later. And I think also that is good recommendation. The reality is, is like we all will have constraints and limitations to it, and sometimes progress overseeds perfection. In that case, and if, yeah, it's like if you can move, you can always reiterate, you can always further optimize, and you can also use it to see how it's measuring. And if you're doing this in a reasonable volume, 
you're going to be able to see how it's performing, how much attention it's getting, and then further make iterations to that page to make it perform stronger. Yeah, especially with what we've seen in indexation over the past four years, it's been you know a struggle to get even pages that are super high quality indexed. Like I've had pages that rank for in the top three for very difficult keywords that took four months to get indexed. <laughs> you know, it's like it doesn't make sense, but um, it's the reality that we have to deal with. And just getting that content live ASAP is really going to be a nice first move on your quest to win. Absolutely. Well, Steve, help me kind of land the plane on this topic a little bit. So we've gone through identifying the value in finding these opportunities for subset topics to create those verticalizations of it. We're looking at how we can differentiate those content to make the best user experience on those queries. Any other kind of final recommendations you'd have to the listener within this vein? Yeah, focus on your conversion. If you're going to be bidding on this stuff with paid search the way that we did aggressively at FreshBooks on Invoice Template, become best friends with your paid search person run the ab tests on the you know the high volume keywords get your data back use if you're not if you don't have cro capabilities within house hire a cro consultant to help you maximize your traffic all right that wraps up this episode of the voice of search podcast thanks to steve toth independent seo consultant and founder of gscore.io and the seo notebook if you would like to learn more about um, if you'd like to learn more about steve you can find a link to his linkedin profile in our show notes or you can contact him on twitter where his handle is at seo underscore notebook or visit his company's websites that's gscore.io and seonotebook.com and a special thanks to previsible for sponsoring this podcast if you're looking for support with all of your seo needs previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. But that's not the case anymore, thanks to Ahrefs, because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.